0: Homely Town, the Killers podcast. It's Derek and Jimmy, and we're bringing you the deluxe Killers action. Hopefully, you're getting some satisfaction. And tonight, we're going to be breaking down West Hills Two. I don't know. We just gave another listen. I uh, probably been sleeping on a little bit, but I'm uh, obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast or know anything about us, I'm a lot more into the country uh, music than Jimmy. Uh, this is more up my alley I uh, was listening to it I could I could picture in my head this being on like the outlaw country uh, Sirius XM uh, station even currently um, they play a little more alternative uh, just different country songs and, and things that you can you know put in that that category um, but I could picture like Waylon and Willie and, and Johnny Cash or like the highwayman doing their version of this song or something like that it had more uh more of that, feel. whereas when we were talking country music a little earlier, it was more like a Glenn Campbell, more of like almost a a westernish type country to be country or to make it kind of sound country. This felt more real to me. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the context of the song or just how the music was set up. But I, mean, I, kind of, I, I was digging it. I like that. I like this one.
1: My subtitle for this one is Stuck on the Vine. Just because it's one of the few lyric changes instead of saying he's... She's got one on the vine. It says, one's still stuck on the vine. Yeah, when I hear this one, I think I think back to getting by four. That's a little bit more country. But like you said, it's it's a little bit more upbeat. And the focus, the, the lyrics that pop out to me is the different way that he says, free in the West Hills. Where in the first one, it's kind of like, it's a guy behind bars who's longing to get out. <laughs> and this one's just kind of like, you know, more upbeat. I guess is the best way to say it. And... So, for me, that's why it doesn't fit as well on the original. I'm glad they picked the West Hills version that they did for the album. It's definitely my favorite of the three. But, yeah, I can see how um, making this version would have been seen as a, as a possible, possible alternative for for the album and how it could have fit.
0: Yeah, I think with Pressure Machine as, as the original album, uh, I don't think there's any song in there where I think they messed up or should put one of these other ones in or whatever. I think as an album, it comes together as perfect as you can make it and and for what they were going to do. Um, as far as what we've talked about before with like singles or like different songs or whatever, um, man, there's a couple of them that could have been standalone, just uh, maybe not singles, but songs on their own. Uh, one of the one of the lyrics changed in, in this song that I liked, I don't, I don't know why again, but it, it's the Dust Devil's, <laughs> the Dust Devil is real. Or, Dust uh, Devil's real. Yeah. Dust, Dust Devil's real, which I think obviously has that double uh meaning there um if you go out in the west desert or out in the west hills dust devils are kind of like uh uh i don't know how to i don't know if everyone knows this because we live out (laughs) in the desert is a lot different climate than uh, than a lot of places and there's uh i mean like sagebrush and things but there's miles where there's like maybe you know some cedar trees little things but there's not a whole lot of um it's not like it's uh the Midwest or something where it's just like plains for miles, but it's just like desolate dust land for, for as far as the eye can see. Uh, not too much
1: different from Vegas. Yeah.
0: Not too much different from Vegas, but if it gets windy or stormy, um, they'll make a, what's called a dust devil, which is basically like, I always would call them like little tornadoes. They're not a, really close to tornado. At it's all. a
1: mini desert, mini desert tornado as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But
0: they, they just pick up the dust and they get twirling and, they're kind of cool to see. Uh, they're not really scary. You don't want to be in the middle of one or anything because you just get all dirty and stuff, but it's not going like, to pick you up and throw you or anything like that. But uh, sometimes you'd see that. And then obviously with the story and the context of the song and everything uh, and the religious implications of skipping church and getting into trouble and all this, uh, there's also the realization that um, the devil is real. So uh, it kind of plays into that. But for whatever reason, when, that, when I first heard that and when i reheard it, it was like, I don't know why. It's a clever play on words uh, for the lyric in the song, but it's uh, kind of the double meaning there and probably me thinking about driving out west again and seeing dust devils and then, you know, points in my life where you come to realizations that uh, maybe there's something to this or something that you've been taught or, or you know, like, oh, crap, maybe maybe the devil is real. Maybe I'm in trouble here. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I love that, Derek. I hadn't thought of that. And when you, when you talk about getting caught up in a dust devil, you know, it's it's not something that's going to pick up a human, but it'll pick up the, the little sagebrush and leaves or whatever. Um just like he got caught up in hillbilly heroin, you know? Yeah. It's uh the devil can get, you can get caught up in the devil's snare, or the the devil's dust whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah, you get out there and then sometimes those come out of nowhere too, so it could be uh before you knew it, you were in the middle of the, the dust devil and uh man, you're in some real serious business. The cops are busting down your door and you're just trying to sleep. But uh, we previously, so a lot of the times me and Jimmy will leave uh, from recording and some of our best podcasts happen out in the parking lot uh, where we just kind of start talking and uh, maybe part of it so that we can let down the guard a little bit and be a little more, uh, I don't know, we can say, we can say names and stories and things that we can't exactly share here. And some of us, we just get creatively flowing and, and thinking about things and things pop into our heads. Uh, but, Uh, Jimmy was talking to me, uh, I don't remember at what point, but uh, he was talking about how the canyon uh, might not actually be the the canyon that we've alluded to uh, in some of the previous episodes, or or I don't know how to say this because it is the canyon, but there's also the Canyon Hills uh, golf course, um, and with the context of the song and some of the the framing around it, it would make sense that uh, the the sunset and how everything's lined up um, could take place here, so... I hope I just didn't steal everything I was lining up for you, Jimmy. But if you could elaborate a little bit on that and what we've talked about out in the parking lot.
1: Yeah, I think um says so some nights we drive up the mouth of the canyon and watch the sunset over the West Hills. And, you know, the, the mouth of the canyon is on the east side of Nephi. You don't go too far up. You won't be able to see the see the sunset. But you could definitely make the case that the place where people go instead of church is the Canyon Hills on the east side rather than the West Hills. Growing up, Brandon went to, you know, he golfed a lot. He ran with that crowd. And LDS congregations are referred to as wards. And there was a joke around town that there was an East Ward, which was the golf course where people would go and play on Sunday instead of going to church. And, And, you know, I think about skipping out on church and going to the West Hills. For me, it makes more sense. Um, you know, West Hills sounds good and they, it does exist. But uh, if we're talking about a Brandon Flowers Nephi story, it's more likely that this could be talking about the Canyon Hills Golf Course on the east side of Nephi, that uh, is where you go when
0: you want to get away. Yeah, you might want to skip church and uh, go out there and uh, you know play play around with with the with the boys and uh, enjoy uh, that kind of scenery. But uh, the one thing that because. Because when we were talking about it, it, was like, how would you go? My whole thing is how the canyon was set up. You couldn't go up there and watch the sunset, really, because it just it's facing the wrong direction. I mean, there would be a sunset, but you couldn't really see and enjoy it. And I think that's unless you,
1: you, yeah, unless you stop at the mouth of the canyon, which yeah, is right which where the, the golf course is, where the golf
0: course is. So, so Jimmy brought up, hey, that very well could be uh, talking about the golf course um, right up the mouth of the canyon, and uh, I'm sure. Just from talking with with people, Jimmy included, that Brandon saw a lot of uh, sunsets because he uh, would stay at that golf course, I mean, almost from sunup till sundown if he was able to. So probably saw a lot of of, uh, sunsets over the West Hills from that that viewpoint. So in the context of the song and all that, I don't know, maybe another puzzle piece, Jimmy. We're putting together the puzzle of the deluxe album, Pressure Machine.
1: So in the song, Smile Like You Mean It, he says, Looking back at sunsets on the east side... We lost track of the time. And for me, I think of that, makes me think of the golf course and watching the sunset from there. Uh, Brandon has said in live performances that it was referring to the east side of Las Vegas, but not to me, Derek. Yeah. It doesn't uh, matter what, De- what what Brandon thinks, Derek. When it comes to the, the killers, it's more about what I think.
0: Yeah, we're, we're more the experts for sure on uh, lyrics and breaking it down. Everything was about Nephi. Just ask us. Yeah, yeah, but I think uh, I think to some extent. Um, I mean, obviously Brandon knows what he was writing about, and what he's thinking about. But I think uh, subliminally, I think some of this has came through, and I think he had that big uh, epiphany when he came back to Nephi and put together this album, and a lot of those thoughts and feelings that were kind of suppressed or uh, he just hadn't addressed or talked about for for years came through. Um, I think there is some stuff to that uh, earlier killer stuff that we can reach out and say. You know, this could be right in Nephi. not saying that he didn't spend time in in East Las Vegas and lose track of time, but you can relate it back to Nephi as well um,
1: on the golf course, uh, just golfing all day. Well, there were definitely lyrics on earlier albums that um, I would think, hey, that could be about Nephi. And then I would think, nah, probably not. And then now, years later, I found out how many actually were and found references where he said it was. And, you know, I thought there was no way that Adam was talking about Adam Bruff. <laughs> and then he found you showed me that clip from a concert where he said, When I was in eighth grade, my friend Adam Bruff and I was like, Holy cow, I couldn't believe it.
0: So then we had to have Adam Bruff on and then talk about it. And if you haven't heard that, go back in the archives and uh, give it a less uh, give it a listen. But I yeah, I don't know. it's just interesting. Um, man, it's just interesting how the lyrics can can weave a picture and a, a word here or a change here can mean something different or, you know, it could be saying something about Las Vegas and we can relate it back to Nephi. I'm sure there's people in Las Vegas that are hearing things on the pressure machine and they're saying, no, that took place. You know, they can relate to, to Vegas or, I mean, wherever you grew up with and however you uh, live the song. I think that's one of the fun things about uh, songs, songs like this, where it's, it's probably why you've asked a lot of our, our guests and stuff why they like country music or what relates to them. I think uh for me it is kind of that story aspect of you know you can follow uh you listen to a pop song or some of the stuff on the radio and it's like it's good beat or it's good whatever but you have no clue what they're singing about or saying it's just kind of words uh with with uh, especially more traditional country songs but country in general i kind of like the story aspect if you can follow the story it tells you a tale uh, good bad indifferent you know loving cheating dogs running away whatever it is uh <laughs> it's kind of in this as well. Um, There's just kind of a story to it and you can relate to how it fits in your life. It might not be what Brandon was thinking about or writing down or had any clue uh, about at the time, but you listen to it and and you can relate to how that makes you feel or how that taps into you. And then uh, five, 10 years down the road, you hear the same song and it has a whole different meaning for you. So, um, you know, some of that early Sam's town or hot fuss stuff uh, compared to now, you know, writing as a a early 20 year old kid to now he's a, a, Father in his 40s, different guy, done a lot of different things in life, but I bet he can relate differently to those songs that he wrote. Uh, just like when we're listening to them, we relate differently to to what we heard when we were 20 to what we hear now. So
1: The only other thing I've got is one more lyric change that I think is interesting. I don't know, not that big a deal, but it says, His Holy Ghost stories and infinite blood didn't scare me none. So that infinite blood is uh, new or unique to this version that's not in the other two. I don't know. I don't know why it was chosen, but
0: well, yeah, that was interesting. Well, yeah, uh, interesting. get into that for just a second because we do have people that are interested in this, and uh, sometimes we don't know how deep to dive or if we should zig or zag. But um, going back to the devil, uh, you know, this is Brandon's uh, roots as far as uh, his relationship to the, I'll just say the church. I think everyone knows what church I'm referring to, uh, at least in this context of things. Uh, But the infinite blood is going back to like Jesus and his sacrifice. And it's a big thing in the culture in Nephi, but also in the doctrine of the church that teaches, you know, you're sometimes afraid to sin or people kind of harp on, you know, every time you sin, you're kind of, I don't know if it's implied or if it's been taught, but that you're kind of hurting Jesus in a way because of his uh, sacrifice and gave up his infinite blood to to help us all. I don't want to go too deep into this. I can already tell where it's going, but... Uh, basically, the concept is Jesus died uh, so that we can live again and be resurrected. I think that's pretty basic throughout Christianity, um, but uh, it is taught a lot growing up in, in church and Sunday schools that you'd be skipping in that case that uh, that you know every time you sin, it's almost like you're you're hurting Jesus in a way because he had to you know give up his infinite blood and and sacrifice so you know to fit sins on on himself so that we could uh, overcome death, our own selves, and be resurrected. So on the same line, where he's not scared of the devil, and he's not afraid of, of these stories or this guilt that might be passed on. Uh, probably that pressure machine, probably more culturally than doctrinally, but
1: yeah, the other perspective I think could be that sometimes people feel like they're too far gone. Um, you know, they've made too many bad choices that there's no saving them, and that um, you know even Christ's blood couldn't save them. But uh, so in this case, where he's saying he didn't he didn't believe the story of infinite blood because he doesn't think that he could be saved at this point I don't know. I
0: don't know and then at the end of the song as was uh, talked about with the choir you know one of the the key lines that struck uh, a few of those members was he might reject my actions but he'll know my heart so I think that could tie back into all that of um, whether or not infinite blood was shed uh, whether the devil's real or not Uh, if this whole thing is real at the end of the day uh, when I get there my actions might not have been what should have been done but uh, he'll know my heart and I think that's uh, that's a pretty powerful statement there. Think about that tonight, as you uh, or today. I don't know when you're listening to it. Give that a thought and uh, and let me know. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> let, let me, me know, know what your favorite CD was.
0: <laughs> let me know. I'm gonna ask. And, uh, I'm getting on this kick of uh, I'm asking questions of our of our people, uh, getting a, some follow up back. But if anyone's got any thoughts on that, in, in all seriousness, I, I'd love to hear what you think about um, what means jimmy have been saying, uh, what you thought about that song, and and kind of that. Uh, you know another take because uh we could talk to a lot of people that grew up like us and, and think like us but i'm i'm open to hear another other ideas and other opinions of uh what you thought with those lyrics so
1: well that is version two of west hills and that's another episode down from lonely town